Welcome back to the 2AM podcast. That's right. Episode 121. And uh, we actually have a special guest here. His name is Dan Ko. As a little bit of an introduction, he is an online business owner who has amassed over 66,000 followers on Twitter, over 22,000 followers on Instagram. And he runs his own platform called the Modern Mastery, uh, called Modern Mastery with one mission statement. And that is to make sense of the world one idea at a time through self-development and entrepreneurship. Now, a few more things. Mm -hmm. He's also a health and fitness enthusiast, uh, a raw liver connoisseur, as I recently <laughs> saw, and uh, just an overall great human being. So we'd like to welcome you to, sh to the show, man. Thank you. Welcome, that welcome, was, Dan. That was a good introduction. I like the raw liver connoisseur, even though I'm like I'm like a week deep into it. So I, I'll call myself a raw liver connoisseur. But yeah, thanks for, thanks for having me, guys. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, of course, and thanks for being here, man. It's an, it's a privilege, and an honor. Um, yeah, it's been a long time coming. We've uh, we've wanted you on for a long time, so, so nice. uh, we're good to go. Yeah. So. Dan, I usually like to get a little bit personal, so I would like to get to know you. I hear you are from Arizona. Now, I've listened to some of your uh, episodes with, you know, some fellow people that like to do the things we like to do, mm -hmm. and it's, <laughs> I got to say, I like the way you get personal with all your guests. <laughs> In what way? You, like that, that you, first you question? That first, yeah, you take that first <laughs> question, that introduction, you're just like, hey, man, I don't know why you're wearing a tank top, for example. <laughs> and it's just like, I'm here wearing a jacket, you know, it's just polar opposites. Or sometimes you just like to nitpick at them before you start to, mm. you know, yeah. it's, it brings out that show vibe. You, yeah. you definitely got that. So you're talented at that, man. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Of course. Yeah. Yes. I mean, um, it's like, sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, yes, I am from Arizona, Phoenix area. Very Phoenix sunny. Area. <laughs> mm, mm. Well, um, as we know, it's probably completely different than California, is it not? In, like in well weather wise because i've been there and it's kind of like drippy drippy but not as dry drippy drippy <laughs> <laughs> it's is it's extremely true? dry here it's very dry but it's it's very similar to california i think our weather fluctuates a bit more especially during the winter like yeah. it gets colder here but during the summer it's just insanely hot but it's it's still not as bad as like the humid areas like texas florida yeah other places yeah, for sure well, you guys know where not to move. So. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Um, okay, so just to start off, I, I think this is an interesting subject that is going to be valuable for a lot of people, especially on Twitter. Mm -hmm. And this is also something I've been very curious about with you personally. Is there any difference between Dan Co, who goes about his day-to-day -day life and the personal brand? Um, or better yet, do you do you struggle to maintain a certain identity because you've built a successful personal brand? Uh, yes and no. It's it's a weird dynamic because there are things I'm very conscious of what I post and I try to display my personality in the best way possible. But there's still those things where I would like never post it. Like when I'm talking with my roommate, I'm just a goofy dude, and that doesn't really have a place on. Twitter or Instagram for me. Um, mm -hmm. like if I was in a live chat with someone like my roommate, then yeah, it'd be a bit different of a conversation there. But overall, I think it's, it's kind of the way that I would put it is that my personality on social media is the one that I would convey when I'm alone, but I can't convey mm -hmm. it because I don't necessarily have business friends that are 
here living close to me that I hang out with on a regular basis. So the person I display on social media is the person that I am when I am alone. No, that makes a lot of sense because I, I think I can resonate with that. And you, you yeah, certainly I can absolutely as well. can resonate with that. I mean, come on, dude. Like the whole point of uh, being creative is to sit there in the dark and force yourself to do it in a way that is nice to your heart. But then also you come out of the light with a, an amazing product. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. So personality. Yeah, you're right. It's, you can tell when I can see it now. After saying that, I can see how Dan, that's how Dan is when he's alone. <laughs> yeah, and I feel like it's most, like, probably 95% of the content and stuff we put out on social media is authentic. Like, it's just who we are. It's We enjoy to learn. That's just a part of our personalities and lives. Mm-hmm. Um, but you did mention a word, creativity. Creativity. And yes. I'm very curious about what you have to ask, Dan, on this. Well, so, Dan, here's an idea that I've had, okay? Um, I, I, as a creative... It's very easy for me to tell people, you got to be creative. You know, you got to let yourself be bored and test the waters and see what you do naturally. What I realized is that being creative, sometimes we're not all the same. So how do you be creative? What yeah. steps do you take, right? What, what, why do we always talk about being creative, but we're never doing creative things because we don't know necessarily how to start them? Mm. Yeah. Right. So the desire's there. We just don't have the skill. Right. So some, yeah, the, the, the first thing I would say is that you can only be as creative as your skill level in a specific thing, just because you aren't aware, like, let's say you're a beginner, you aren't aware of the different avenues you can take at the intermediate level or at the advanced level. Mm -hmm. So first off is having something to be creative with and refining that skill. And then the second thing for me is just surrounding yourself with creativity or art or uh, something related to that skill or even not related to that skill, just something you're interested in. So reading books, like that's been a huge thing for me recently is just making that a habit. And I'm sure it could be different for other people, just watching decent YouTube videos, listening to podcasts, consuming information that is good to consume. And it fills your brain with good ideas as aside from bad ones. And then on top of that, You also, all of that stuff, I forget what this network in your brain is called, but it's the opposite of the default node network, Mm -hmm. default mode network, which Joey Cypreneur taught me. Mm -hmm. So when you're focused on something, that default mode network is kind of just storing information. It's not really working. It's kind of impossible to be extremely creative or to have profound ideas pop into your head. And so when you're sitting around and doing nothing, or in my case, when I'm on a walk or laying out in the sun, that's when the best ideas come to me because that default mode network is kicked in and it's just producing a bunch of ideas out of my subconscious from the information that I've consumed. It's connecting the dots between the skill that I'm trying to refine and use and whatever information that I have consumed before that. And it can be completely unrelated. Like if I'm learning about flow and I am planning on recording a video and it's like, okay, I understand I need to do this, this, and this to get into flow. And so I need to plan this out before the video and be conscious of it and actually get into it. And so I write that down and store it for later because I can't really do it then. And then when the time comes, I remind myself of it 
So I have all of that, um, like creative brain dump before I actually get into the focused work where that creativity isn't just going to pop into my head. Mm. Mm. I also have another question, uh, in context of creativity. Do you believe that everybody is a creative at heart or is it only, is it only allowed, I guess, for special personalities? I definitely think it can be cultivated. It can be worked on through that process, but I do believe it's hard to explain because I've, I've met insanely creative people that aren't necessarily pursuing personal growth. But in my case, my creativity comes from personal growth, right? I, I wouldn't have considered myself a creative guy before any of this, before I actually started doing it and having something to be creative with. But so it could go either way. I don't know. I don't have an exact, exact answer. It's more so I think some people do have it naturally. It just comes to them that creative humor, like you see the create or the, the humorous people around you, they're just good at telling jokes. Right. Mm -hmm. And then in my case, it's like, I have to be working on something and then everything that I experienced throughout the, throughout the day can be tied to that and used as fuel for creativity. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And creativity as a whole, like it encompasses so many activities an example from my personal life is like I have a very kinesthetic personal or creativity over the course of my athletic career. So, and I'm sure you have more of a visual type. Yeah, it's more of a visual type. Yeah, that's the thing. It's um, the misconception is that it only can be arts and crafts. Mm -hmm. That's not what creativity is. Creativity is kind of just forming an original idea in the form of something, I guess, tangible or physical. Yeah. In most cases. Mm. But it's, it's really about uh, testing your brain. But I, I like the concept of uh, studying environment before you even do creativity. This is why I like film, because more than it is a moving picture, it's, it's basically essentially a, uh, an environment built for you specifically in the way the director envisioned it. Mm -hmm. right? <clears throat> so I would take that actually as major inspiration because you will be entertained at, while watching a movie. So if you see an aesthetic, like for example, the movie The Gentleman, is it's a very uh it's a very gentleman vibe, right? Yeah. As a wooden interior for the house, it has a nice little bobby grill. It's nice, <laughs> right? It's kind of like you just want to be there, right? Yeah. So I figured out that that's kind of like the the London vibe is what I really truly like. Mm. Okay. So I'm gonna go out there. That's gonna influence my wardrobe. It's gonna influence my my photo creativity my like it's it becomes one whole aesthetic mm. it goes beyond that so i think that's the simplest form to start on creativity is to watch your surroundings yeah it begs the question Dan. what do you like uh, <laughs> yeah what do you like and it, it goes to him as well like what's I, I think this is something that you can answer in depth what is your relationship to your environment mm -hmm. like how do you set things up aesthetically do you have a, a process mm. In terms of like a work environment or what kind of environment? Uh, I would say, I, I would say, say Dan. Work, yeah. Well, D like Dan in general, the essence of Dan, like, what is that? Are you organized? <laughs> do you, do you like a little bit of mess? Do you, the, you know what I mean? Sometimes I could be more effective if I have a little bit of clutter on the desk before I start. <laughs> yeah. It's definitely messy. Like I just don't care where things are because I know where they are. But <laughs> I've been saying, <laughs> win for I'm team saying. messy. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> 
a, a weird thing that I don't know if this has just come naturally, but like I wear all black all the time. I, I have kind of associated that with like just a blank slate and letting the environment determine things. Like I'm not very creative with what I wear. It's just all black. Sometimes yeah. I go off script and have like a white shirt or regular jeans. Mm -hmm. But aside from that, I'm very like, you can even see it reflect in the modern mastery brand. It's, it's very black and white. It's all black and white. And then in terms of my brand, it's teal, which I just like. And from that, that's just kind of my aesthetic is I really like, I wouldn't say minimal, but I like the duller tones with just like very highlighted accents. So whether it be like gold, white, teal, that's kind of it. And I feel like it, it, it doesn't distract me is the thing. Like I, I try to eliminate as much distractions, but at the same time I'm messy. Yeah. So it's kind of would weird. You, I get you. Would you consider it like a form of order or stability to balance out the chaos? Yes, exactly. Okay. Exactly. I've actually talked about that before. Like my, my screensaver, people won't find meaning in it, but it's exactly that. It's just a bunch of black and white skyscrapers, like order within whatever chaos is behind it. That's sick. I love yeah, that. Yeah. You're setting yourself up for a worry-free mind. Essentially you're eliminating chaos, which is why I, I actually live without mirrors besides my bathroom mirrors just to you know, look <laughs> at my face every once in a while not a big mirror <laughs> guy huh <laughs> before i forget what i look like god damn um yeah so i actually i want to dive into e-commerce if you do not mind sure <laughs> so e-commerce i've been hearing a lot about these um what do they call them M M mlm scams no uh they're kind of like pyramid scams or scheme pyramid schemes mm -hmm. right but it's basically, oh, multi-level multi -level marketing schemes. That's what they are. And I, unfortunately, know a really smart man that had fallen for one somehow recently. And I told him I was going to put him on blast. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. But, but MLM, man. Okay, there was a company named... I don't know if I should say the name, actually. I mean, no, there, we'll keep there's it a great name. example. Herbalife is yeah, an MLM. But, mm. Yeah, Herbalife. Let's just say that. Right. Mm -hmm. You're going to look it up. You're going to start doing research online. You're going to Google it, go Herbalife. Hmm. Let's see what reviews there are today. According to these people that have worked there, scam, 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 scam. <laughs> okay. But Herbalife is DMing me right now and they're saying, hey, we got your back. Do not worry. We got your back. That's what they all right? say. That's what they all say. So there's uh, on Reddit, if you actually take a look, there's all these companies that are literally going against physical people that work there and saying that this is a scam and they're actually from the account just replying back like no what what part of this is a scam tell me you know uh fact check they're like fact checking actual accounts online no. doing this thing now i look at that as very <laughs> pathetic okay <laughs> and why why is it these days that online is just turning into this scammy world and uh, this comes from, for me at least, it's kind of like drop shipping. I have never really trusted. I've never really trusted a pop-up shop. Mm. But they seem to be doing really well. Is there a, a strategy for them to get up and running in that time to make like quick buck and dip? Without being scammy? Is it, do you think that's, is, yeah, it, without being yeah. scammy because it seems like it's all a scam. Yeah. 
There are quite a few that seem scammy. It's really dependent on a lot of things. I'm not an expert at this by any means. Like I'm more in the info product uh, community yeah. consulting space. But from what I've seen, and I've tried drop shipping before, the main thing that does seem like a scam is when you're drop shipping from like a, a shitty AliExpress product from China, and it's like 30 day shipping times. And then they get the product and it's broken or it's just trash or looks nothing like the actual picture. But in other cases, like that is the stigma of drop shipping. When people hear the word drop shipping, they think scammy products and 30 day shipping times. But then there are also suppliers in the US or even on other places with decent shipping times that you can set up a store and you're like the middleman. You they don't know how to brand or market their services or they don't even care. So you do the branding, you do the marketing, and then it's, they're just like a fulfillment center for whatever product you want to create. Like there's yeah. uh, like a supplement, a white label supplement company. I forget what they're called, but they have like FDA approved products, like well-regulated, they pass all the tests and then you take those. And let's say you're a fitness influencer and you don't want to go through the, the hoops and ladders that it takes to start a supplement company, then you reach out to them. You pick a supplement, you add your branding, you add all of this other stuff, and then you market it well to your audience and they ship it to them. So that's kind of a more ethical way of doing it because mm -hmm. preferably you're not lying about what's in it and it's not a scam and you're very transparent. Mm -hmm. But uh, I think there has to be a line drawn there because there's also like high ticket e-commerce products that like, refrigerators or something like that, where you order it from the wholesaler and then you, they deliver it to the actual person. Yeah. Because and, you don't actually know what's going on technically. Right. And I mean, that's how everything is too. It's, it's the same thing with like a lot of resellers get hate because they buy something at a low price and sell it for higher prices on like a marketplace, mm -hmm. but that's what everyone's doing, right? They're just ordering a $2 product from China, packaging it, and then slapping a $10 price tag on it. So yeah. it, it really depends. And I feel like the people that do get scammed, like the, I don't want to say that's on them, but like, just look it's into it them. a bit, <laughs> look yeah, into it a bit and understand that it's a scam. And, <laughs> kidding. and then, I had to put them on blast, you know, you understand, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Just, and then like, they'll <laughs> learn that lesson. Well, hopefully, but the people, I, I feel like people with, somewhat of a high IQ, like shouldn't fall for those things. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. It, it's a very, it's a very big talking point because everyone gets attracted to it, right? On YouTube, like CoffeeZilla or whoever it is, he, he gets a ton of views and a ton of subscribers just because it's easy to come with, come up with a title that gets clicks. It's easy to tell a story about someone that got scammed. It's very interesting. It's very negative. It feeds that negative negativity bias that all humans have. So that's why it's like relevant is because mm. people pay so much attention to that aside from the like successes or something else. Yeah. This is a, this is something that I appreciate about our corner of Twitter. And I think that you deserve a lot of praise on is moving from more of a detached way of approaching business to trying to help people improve their lives while also earning an income from it and making an impact. Mm -hmm. Um, so like in essence, how does that make you feel? Because I know it's very easy to go to the alternative, like scammy side 
yeah. <laughs> uh, when it's all detached. But how does that make you feel to have an impact on hundreds of thousands, if not in the future, millions of people's lives? Yeah. Well, at the start, I'll admit like it, I went all in on like the web design, the freelancing thing and like trying to sell that product. And while it was ethical in a sense, it's very easy for it to be misconstrued and people to see that and just like not either believe it at all or not care about the product. And it starts to, it starts to feel bad over time. It's like my main goal with my Twitter account is to sell a freelancing product. And Mm -hmm it just makes you feel bad because that wasn't really aligned with what I wanted to do, which is a lot of what I'm doing now. I just had to transition into that. And yeah, there's going to be a lot less revenue from that. But at the same time, it kind of ties all together because now it's formed my message. And I do feel like that is just a process of iteration. It's like, yeah, I want to make some money. Everyone does. And so I heard I should package up my information and sell it as an ebook. So that's what I did. But then I felt bad doing it. So now it's time to iterate and like, okay, how can I change my message while at the same time showing the value in building your own business or like freelancing or whatever it is? I'm starting to coin it as like the one man business because that's kind of what it is. And so working that in with the whole message of, sovereignty and it it's really a part of personal growth you have to make money doing what you enjoy to free up time for yourself so you can pursue that development more and have the time to do things do the things you want and that's really it it just feels good that that's the thing is it feels very good now and i feel like that just creates even more momentum to make like practice what i'm preaching because originally it's like Yes, I am doing all of this self-development stuff. I meditate, I go to the gym, I eat decent foods. And now it's become so much more than that, where I recently changed the tagline like of my header to optimizing the human experience because I found out that's what I really want. I just want I want to experience like the the craziest things in life, not like party-wise crazy, but I just want to go be extremely disciplined in everything I do and be able to pass that along to people, no matter whether or not they're going to be hyper-disciplined or not. So in my eyes, it's accountability now. It's accountability in everything that I do and just enjoying the process and trying to find or experience these lessons that all of these great teachers are talking about and be able to put it into my own words and walk people through the steps to getting there. Love it. I love that. That is Thanks. a great sense of purpose, honestly. And then uh, also I have another question. Now, this is I think this is something that's going to tie in with you because I've heard you talk yeah. about it recently. All, as, as a creative, how do you find yourself dealing with past moments where you produce uh, high-quality work up to your certain standards, mm-hmm. but nobody is seeing that work? Like, how do you... How do you approach that situation? Right now, it's, well, it it changes over time. Because at first, when no one was seeing it, it's like, okay, I have to get people to see this. Like, that's just the next step. So whether that be, like, there's a bunch of different strategies to do that. So whether you're just reaching out, connecting with people, and, like, let's say you just, uh, 
example, you wrote a huge thread, right? And you have like a hundred followers. No one's going to see it. And it's like, okay, this is either going to be a waste if I post it myself, or I can find someone with a decent audience in the same space to help boost that, right? So people can see it and then you can get the momentum going because that's the thing with, uh, like marketing as a whole is you just need to get your content or your offer or your creations in front of, in front of people's eyes. And a lot of people see, I don't know if they see it as bad. I know it's like very split here, but leveraging other people's audiences. Like if you're cool about it and you reach out to them and they're open to retweeting or sharing to their story or something else, and you're genuine about it and you build that connection first, uh, I think that's a very viable and effective way of going about it. And sometimes it's the only way to go about it because on like Instagram or LinkedIn, like Twitter, you just comment under someone's account and it's kind of easy. And you start building that audience very, very slowly at first. But on Instagram, man, I just could not figure it out. Like I could post forever and comment under people's accounts and nothing really happened. And so it's like, okay, I'm going to pay this guy to share my post to his story. Right. And I did that mm. consistently and it started picking up. But the thing there is I will never go and sell an Instagram course of how I grew my Instagram because I'm paying people to do it. That just doesn't yeah. make sense. To, right. Just don't do that. Like use the strategies, but then you can't really teach those strategies. So mm, yeah. that that's the main thing is I, I can tell people, Hey, I did this. I paid someone to post to their Instagram story. So I start getting, followers, but it's not like, Oh yeah, I use this organic strategy of commenting under, uh, under other people's accounts. I can't do that. So that's the main thing is one, I've started to think of a lot of things as a game, right? And at the start, you have to learn the rules, mechanics, et cetera. So on a social media platform, the rules of growth are one posting high quality content that will attract followers and then getting eyeballs on those content. So whether that be paying people or building a connection and DMing them your work so they can share it or at least like or comment on it or just commenting and building connections with people so they follow you or like deconstructing the platform and understanding how to actually get more eyeballs on your profile. So one way that I did this on Twitter at the very start, and I haven't heard many people touch on this at all, is my target audience was were developers. So people that would benefit from my freelancing product. And so what I did was went to developer accounts and I would look at their the people who engaged with their posts. So people who retweeted and liked, because in my head, it's like, okay these people are already active and they're liking this style of content that I am also posting. And so I would go to those, I would, <laughs> I would right click and open all of them in tabs on my browser. And I'd just go to the tab. I'd click like on their first post and I'd leave and then go to the next one and just do that. Because what would happen is they're probably a consumer account. They don't have any notifications coming in. So if they see a notification from me that liked one of their posts and it's a profile picture and name that looks like I'm a producer, they're going to click on my account and be like, okay, who's this guy liking my post? They're going to read my bio. They're going to 
read some of my tweets and I'd be like, I already like this kind of content. I'm going to follow this guy. Now that's not foolproof, of course, or that's not, it may or may not work, but it's like, that's just a way of thinking of how you can deconstruct the platform to get eyes on your work and start building that momentum of people that engage with your work and share it and all of that stuff. That is some freaking amazing tips for yeah, honestly, anyone that's like, listening. I have a big problem with the idea that you have to be a starving artist, especially in 2021, <laughs> considering all the opportunity <laughs> around us. Um, You're not wrong. So yeah, I think that's very enlightening for people, especially you know the creatives who aren't necessarily yeah. getting the traction that they want. Yeah, or missing a step. Even sometimes we get stuck. You know, and this is a thing we have to uh, manage to work over. Mm-hmm. Um, well, yeah. that's that's the other thing too is that like if you're doing all of these things, you're actually attracting people to your content and they're looking at it, but you're just not growing the way you want or something of that nature then it's like, okay, something has to change here, mm-hmm. right? You can't just like, you have to be open to changing the way you present yourself because there, there's some like insanely good artists on Instagram, but their work is very extremely niche. Like it's going to be very hard for them to grow a huge audience if that's what they want mm-hmm. or make sales if that's what they want. So again, with the game, you have to understand the rules and like, human behavior and what people are attracted to and how you're going to start working these people through whatever funnel you have. Right. Because you can, that that's the difference is like all social media. It's, it's very weird. (laughs) I'm saying this in a bad way or not very. I think I can get it. I get the tone. Well, 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 so in social media, like on Twitter, the reason you see so many platitudes is because it attracts followers. But then the thing they're missing there is depth. They're, they're not taking that person or they're not posting content that shows they're a human. They're not, they don't have a podcast that they can listen to long form and understand this person on a deeper level. They don't have an email list where they're diving deeper into topics. And so in that artist case, they can post content that will get good engagement, but then where do they go next to find that work that they truly love doing the east the the weird and very niche work that they can introduce people to after that relationship is built so you have to think of like okay how can i attract these people and give them something that they want but also introduce them to something that means a lot more to me and teach them like why should this mean more to you mm-hmm. yeah Beautiful. absolutely i mean there's always going to be that um the selfish side of social media, right? I want to make it because I'm selfish. And then there's the other side where it's kind of like, um, I need to take certain steps and I believe that I need to change my perception of how I view social media so that I can insert myself correctly. Mm. Those are the people that are going to make it. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Now, Dan, I want to hit you with a couple questions that get to more of a personal level for you. Um, You hit me with this question while I was on your podcast. And it it only feels fitting to send it back oh, your man. way. <laughs> what is your most controversial topic or controversial opinion? And why do you think it's so polarizing? Oh, man. Um, I would say it's... It's being in... 
it's being able to enjoy almost every moment of life, or at least the pursuit of enjoying every moment of life, because people are so tied and identified with negative aspects of life. They create an identity, an identity around that. And it it just triggers them because it's like, no, you can't do this, especially like when you're working a job you hate. And it's like, okay, I understand that. And it's impossible to argue with these people. I just don't do it anymore. But there are steps you can take to live a more enjoyable life. And if you weren't open to that, then it's not a possibility anymore. So that's one thing that I've like stressed a lot on in, in my life, or maybe it was, it naturally came to me as like, Hey, it doesn't have to be this way, whether I am depressed or anxious or just in a rut or something like that. There's always a way out, whatever it may be. And you need to figure out, you need to learn the rules of the game and the steps to win the game and pursue that. And then over time, you get a lot better at it. You learn better strategies for doing it and life becomes more enjoyable. Like recently I've been learning a lot about flow and just trying to understand that on a deeper level. And it's talking about like creating, creating a challenge or a test out of everything you do. Right. So even like a lot of people think of flow as when you're playing a sport or you're in deep focus work or you're doing something else. And it's, it's kind of easy to get into that if you're enjoying what you're doing, Mm -hmm. but you can also enjoy what you're doing if that task is mundane. So when you are cooking food, for example, this is one thing where it resonated with me because it's something I do is when I'm cooking food, which I hated doing before, by the way, I just absolutely hated cooking food. It's like you create a test out of it. Like, okay, how can I make this the most like efficient way of cooking this food? And this is kind of a weird way of putting it, but like, I'll, I'll take my eggs out at a certain time. I'll put the pan on the stove at a certain time. I'll pop whatever I have to in the microwave at a certain time and try to get it all cooked and warm at the same time to be ready to eat and make sure the dishes are washed at the same time. So then it creates like some kind of fun game that you're playing where it's, it's more enjoyable. Like you're actually trying to do something and you're exactly having fun while doing it. Yeah. So that's just one idea of like, I want to make almost every moment of my life enjoyable and I'm going to find a way to do that through these strategies that I'm learning. (laughs) No, it makes a lot of sense. I know what makes a lot of sense is that we need to hang out. (laughs) we'll definitely have to link up i mean we're not too far from each other 100 percent um yeah i think this is the last question that i'm going to ask of you now outside of business outside of the personal brand aspect of your life what is the biggest thing that you wrestle with right now what is your biggest struggle if you want to answer that yeah um right now i would say it's it's managing my time. I'm very good at managing my time, but there's a lot I want to do. And I'm extremely stubborn with outsourcing things because I want to learn it myself. Like I'm Mm -hmm. very stubborn in that way. People will tell you all the time. Oh, once you get to a certain level, you need to outsource things and you need to like let go of the mundane tasks, which we just talked about. I want to make them enjoyable. 
and I want to learn certain things. So if there is something that I have to learn and do that is already on top of the task that I'm trying to do, it's like that gives me overwhelm because I just want to learn everything and I want to be able to do that myself. But a lot of the times I can't. So then I see it as a good thing because it makes my current process more efficient because that's the only thing I can do. It's like, okay, how can I automate this in a sense for myself through software or habits or uh, just processes or changing the process at which I do it mm-hmm. and making that more efficient so I can have more time to do something else. And then I learn a lot doing that because that's valuable information. It's like, okay, how did this guy lower the time he spent doing these tasks in order to free up time to learn something else? And then it's just like a constant cycle. And eventually I do outsource things, but at that time I understand it so well that it's either easy for me to train someone or understand whether or not the person that I outsourced it to is doing it well. So that's the main thing is just finding the time to learn anything and everything that I can. You're that people. Dan Co is a human being. He struggles <laughs> with things. Everyone struggles. Yep. <laughs> you have anything to uh, to touch on before we, we honestly? Call I'm just appreciating this amount of um, knowledge, and 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 I just generally like speaking to uh, like-minded people, right? Same. So we're all hidden gems around the world. Okay, so when we find people like Dan, <laughs> we just it just feels familiar, you know. Yep. Yeah, we appreciate the level of understanding. I'm sure our audience appreciates you as well. Uh, we're going to be sharing all your stuff. Uh, we're going to ha- we're going to put them on the uh, description below, all the links yeah, and everything. Everything, yeah, everything is down there. Um, again, it's Dan Co. Everybody, thank you very much for joining us today. <laughs> we uh, appreciate having you on. And yeah, uh, yeah, episode 121, guys, go check out Dan's page. We're going to have everything in the description below. You can find us at YouTube on the Two AM Podcast. You were also on Instagram at, and Twitter at the 2AM Podcast. We're on Spotify, Anchor.fm, Apple Podcasts, and all major streaming platforms. Go ahead and check us out. Um, anything else to say? That should do it. We appreciate it, man. All right, guys. Yes. Dan, take it easy. Peace, guys. Peace. Boom. That was solid. <laughs> <laughs>